You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. There is a place where time stands still, where nature is harsh and demanding, where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. All you've got to do now is pass the Australian culture test. Three simple questions, three correct answers, and you go through that doorway to the greatest little country. Good morning, everybody. This is Annie for Showreel on 3CR, your community radio station. And today we're going to have a chat with Christian Gibson, who, with his mate Chris, travelled for 18 months going from the top of South America to the bottom, all the way down. It took them 18 months. And the resulting film, Pacifica, is a fantastic exploration of the journey. This is my chat with Christian about his film. It wasn't just a uh, a, a um, vacation. I mean, it was seven year after seven years yep. of working very hard, and you then decide to take a year off and you go to South America. But it's about uh, it's more about yep. um, how to live a life, isn't it? Can you talk to that? Yeah, exactly. So. Uh, how to live a life. Um, yeah, I mean, like we, I guess initially when we set off on the trip, uh, I didn't actually expect it to, to go for as long as it did. Uh, in the end, I was away 18 months and the guy I was traveling with was two years. Um, my initial plan was sort of just to go away for about six months. Um, and yeah, I guess, one, when you spend so much time on the road, it sort of became our new life, I guess. And um, and just the thought of going back to normal life back in Australia, uh, we just sort of couldn't face it for a while. And I guess a lot of change happened within us while away and, and experiencing so many new things. You start the film with a sequence about dreaming and uh, all the way through the film there's yeah. a sense that you're reconnecting with nature but with humans as well it, the 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 whole trip was sort of a i guess a love story to nature in a lot of ways um chris the guy i was traveling with had already sort of created that connection with nature um through his surfing and fly fishing and trekking and the other things that he was already interested in uh i sort of discovered that while while on this trip um and yes yeah, it's, it's really become like a big part of of my life since and and yeah this the, the the trip and and the making of the film i guess was a very transformative experience uh for both of us i was really fascinated by the music that you chose uh there's a lot of rhythm in your film uh and i love the fact that you use spectrum at the beginning and it's a bit like harkening back to a 1970s different australia as well, isn't it? It's a walking pace film. It's a yeah. walking pa- pace. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, it just felt right to use that Spectrum song. It does um, has a sort of nostalgic feel to it. Like I wasn't alive, I guess, when it was um, first released, but even to you know a younger generation, it, it definitely has that sort of nostalgic, um, you know, take it back to a sort of hippie time, I guess, when um, yeah, maybe things are a little bit simpler, and um, yeah, and just and just fit so well i guess with the with the the van life of of the of the of the trip and yeah in terms of other music like in terms of other music um a lot of the music in the film was actually recorded by friends um you know friends bands or um friends of friends musicians um it's it's a real challenge when making a film especially on a really tight budget um, to uh, you know, and to fill it with music, to fill it with music. Um, so uh, yeah, we needed to record a lot of it because we couldn't basically afford to pay the music rights. Um, but in the end, I think a lot of the music that was actually composed for the film directly by friends is actually some of the strongest stuff, and and what gives it such a I guess authentic feel all the way through, and um, yeah, and the music composition was done by a guy in the UK called CJ Mirror, um, and like we think he did like a fantastic job. Yeah, I think the music's actually one of the definitely the strongest parts of the film. One of the things that I I found really fascinating about the film itself, from the point of view of a person who is an older person, and you're about the same age as my daughter, right? And she has the same impulse to go travelling. And she has indeed gone travelling, not quite as extensively as you. But it's like there is this uh, a generational need to discover a way to be able to um, experience life without being harnessed like a horse to a harvesting machine or something, a plough. Uh, and you give an opportunity to do that in this film, that which I find really fascinating, because we'll get to the actual place that you go to. But it's one of the things that's so uh, difficult for younger people to have a, a sense of freedom. Yeah, yeah, definitely to have a you know to have a sense of freedom to uh, give yourself the time to. Um, to take, I guess, to take that long off. Um, I guess there's a lot of pressure on young generations to, you know, crack on with life and, you know, you better start saving for your house and all this. So, you know, to take, I guess, a year off, or in our case, almost two years off, just to basically, um, you know, travel around and live out the back of a car um, isn't something that, I guess, society potentially, like, you know, strongly encourages young people to do. Um, but I know from personal experience that it's such a rewarding thing if you can give yourself the time to do it and you have the opportunity to do it. Like, I don't think anyone who ever did something like what we did would ever regret it. And I think that, um, you know, at the end of a trip like that, engaging in, you know, diversity of cultures and putting yourself through, you know, countless sort of difficult and challenging situations, which, you know, it is to sort of travel around many countries in the back of the car. 
um, you know, you definitely grow as a person and it gives you life skills. I think that you, then when you do decide to maybe come back home and settle into life a little bit more, I think you're probably a little bit more rounded person, a little bit more open thinking and, uh, you know, that has flow on and positive effects. You uh, certainly uh, took on challenges. You begin the film not knowing anything about surfing. Like, you know, this really was throwing yourself in the deep end, wasn't it? Definitely. Um, I was decided to travel with a a good friend from school who was quite a good surfer, and I was basically tagging along on his, you know, whirlwind, like, um, you know, Latin American surf trip, and I couldn't surf, so... Uh, I was definitely thrown in the deep end. Um, you know, every day, basically, uh, when the surf was up, we were going surfing and looking for good surf, which usually means big, big-ish surf. Um, so, yeah, I had a lot of challenging days along the way, just basically finding my feet and, and trying to get the fitness and, and the techniques. Um, so, yeah, I swallowed a lot of water and coughed up a lot of water and... Um, but you, you need to, yeah, I mean, surfing's a funny thing. Like, it's such a challenging sport. Like, I've done many different sports in my life, and um, surfing is by far the most difficult just because it takes so much fitness and technical know-how just to even get to the point of standing on a wave. Um, so you basically just battle a lot before there's any reward. Um, so I guess, again, like having sort of 18 months to to practice almost day in, day out. That was definitely a good thing. Um, but it's also fear of flying. It's fear of flying. Actually, surfing is one of those things where you have to not just know how to do stuff and be fit, but you have to let go as well. Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, um, yeah, it's surprising how fast you go along the wave. So if you're not a bit of a thrill seeker, once you're actually you know, going along, it can be definitely exhilarating i mean that's why i guess people get so hooked on it is that sort of that rush when you're going down the face of a wave um yeah i mean there's 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 many different personal challenges i I guess you need to go through to to then get to the point where you're actually you know a capable surfer but even today like even after an experience like that and now i live in byron bay and live on the beach um and and surf quite regularly i'm still you know (laughs) not very good (laughs) Um, it's that sort of challenge. <laughs> it's, it's that hard of an undertaking. Uh, uh, it's interesting too. The film itself is very tight. Um, it's. I mean, I thought. I thought to myself because in the seventies and eighties there were a lot of films about surfs and waves. You know, endless waves and endless uh, riding of waves, which is absolutely engrossing. It's uh, for people who do that, but for a general audience it becomes monotonous but I was really um, uh, uh, amazed at uh, how tight the film was Uh, and each time I got to a point where I was thinking of questions to ask you, you sort of in a way answered them. One of them was the experimentation that you involved yourself in in actually filming. You could see that you had tried to film in really weird places and in really weird ways, like under the water. You set yourself challenges. Yeah. Which I think is really great, quite impressive. Yeah, Tell definitely. me about that. Ah, oh, thank you. Yeah, so I guess, like, when we left on this trip, um, the idea to make a film 
wasn't really even on the radar. Um, we knew that we were going to be travelling for a while and, and Chris and I, uh, the guy I was travelling with, are both sort of passionate photographers but basically had never filmed anything in our lives. Um, so the idea, you know, to now to have a feature-length film, which is actually, you know, quite good and is shown in festivals and stuff, is just simply not on the radar. So basically... Um, how it went is we were just going to these amazing places and we were sort of, you know, passionate photographers who were sort of taking photos anyway and we're getting to these really remote and, you know, interesting locations and we just decided, you know, like, why don't we just start capturing some film? You know, once you've got the camera set up and you're already taking a photo, it's not that hard to sort of flick it over and start rolling some film. Um, It wasn't until about six months into the trip we started looking back at the footage and realising we're getting some pretty cool stuff. And then the trip actually sort of evolved from just a sort of, you know, where are we going today and, you know, the surf or whatever. It actually became the making of the film and this idea of, like, capturing kind of this experience that we were doing very much became the driving force of the trip as, as it went along. And I guess that's also part of the reason why it probably extended out a year or more than longer than we initially probably thought it was going to and yeah because we didn't have any sort of because we didn't have any sort of formal training around filming I guess we were finding our own you know like we were just discovering it by doing it we were just sort of carrying the camera with us everywhere I guess initially we were sort of a lot of the frames would be very still and then we're like oh hang on we've got to get some moving camera stuff and then we started you know you know, moving the camera and then, you know, taking it underwater with us and sort of taking it everywhere and, and finding places to lodge, you know, the GoPro like in the car and all sort of setting up some frames. So it was just like, yeah, it was a really interesting sort of discovery process we were going through. And I actually think that it is really reflected in the film. Like when I watch it back now, I sort of can see that the, the start is, you know, the end, it just, gets, it just keeps getting sort of stronger and stronger, I think, the footage and the storytelling. And that's basically a reflection of our own sort of, you know, upskilling as, as, we, as we went along. You're on 3CR with Annie on Showreel, and we're in the middle of a chat with Christian Gibson about his film Pacifica, an epic journey from the top of South America down to the bottom. There's a really strong element of your own personal growth. Uh, I mean, in a sense that uh, if one was going to be self-reflective and write a script about it, it wouldn't be as quite naive and as uh, beautiful as it is, really. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, I mean, it was. It's 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 an experience. Like I said before, it's an experience that we did that really changed. Uh, I mean, it probably changed me more than Chris because he'd already had that discovery and love of you know, the natural world and and he'd already sort of, I guess, found a few things. But, yeah, for me it was like a very sort of significant, you know, moment in my life. And 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 I guess the reason we wanted to make the film was we just happened to sort of capture what we were doing. I don't think that what we did specifically, although we probably did go to bigger efforts to get to more remote locations and, yes, yeah, surf bigger waves than probably other, some other people might, but, you know, when you're travelling and you're living in a van, you're constantly coming across other young people who are doing a similar sort of experience. And there's actually, you know, countless people in this world who are doing sort of similar, you know, discovering themselves moments. 
but they just never sort of capture it on on film and, and decide to make a movie out of it. So I think that, um, yeah, I think that this film should be really relatable to anyone who's ever sort of been on a big trip or, or maybe wants to go on a big trip and, um, you know, want to know what it's all about. I mean, at a certain point, it becomes a tips for the uh, the further for traveller, which is actually a strong point, especially a selling point for people who might want to go and investigate. But uh, we can't forget how beautiful South America is. I mean, what a beautiful place! Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so it's incredible. It's really untouched in a lot of ways. It's very touched in some ways, but it really untouched in other ways, especially once you get up into the Andes or the sort of more remote um, coastal locations. Also the fact that we um, uh, traveled from, you know, Northern Mexico down to the bottom of Patagonia, we were basically covering, you know, a large distance of the planet basically. So um, we, we went through, you know, countless different landscapes from, you know, the snow mountains to the, you know, the hottest, most tropical beaches you could ever imagine in Mexico and Central America. So, yeah, I mean, we, we, it's, it's incredibly diverse Latin America from a, um, you know, a landscape perspective and also from a cultural perspective, every country, um, you know, has its unique food and, and clothing and cultures, um, and people, uh, yeah, so it was just like countless and endless, um, you know, things to learn and see. Oh, the, also, the fact that you could speak Spanish was pretty great. Did you learn that before you went or that was great? Yeah. No, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't speak a word uh, before leaving. Chris had done his due diligence and learned a few words, which definitely came in handy. Um, but uh, along the way, I both of us actually stopped for a week or two and did some intensive Spanish courses in Guatemala and then once in Argentina. But just generally, just I mean, when you throw yourself in the deep end and, again, you go into these sort of remote locations where people just don't speak English, um, it really forces you to quickly learn some phrases. Otherwise, you're probably not going to be eating or, you know, uh, you know, finding some water or anything like that. So, yeah, I mean, now um, I speak okay Spanish. Um, I know my girlfriend who is who I meet in the film, now fiancé, um, is from Argentina, so I get to practice um, daily. So, yeah, I mean, that's definitely one of the, the big things, big takeaways um, from the truth is now being able to, you know, somewhat speak uh, The Spanish. other thing is uh, the, there's some fabulous quotable quotes. In fact, I, I wrote some of them down, which were things like the van, travelling in the van, every time you wake up in the morning, the whole continent is your backyard. Uh, so the script and the editing, tell me about that. Uh, the script, there was no script per se. Um, this, is, this is sort of a big challenge in making the film. We, you know, basically what we were doing is we were just living our lives and just sort of capturing footage as it happened. We didn't, um, you know, we didn't plan any shots specifically. We didn't have a story in mind. Um, so when we got back to the editing table, we'd like, we've got two years of film footage and we don't really know. We know it was a really significant um, experience for us. 
but you know how do we condense this all down and, and what are the sort of key messages and how do we turn this into like something that's about an hour long um, so that was a huge challenge and initially we actually wrote a script trying to you know explain and, and sort of put it all on paper um, eventually we met um, the guy who directed the film Andreas uh, in Berlin when we were sort of trying to work out how to do this thing and um, and he basically read the script and said, this is terrible, like we're not going with this. <laughs> it's too sort of, you know, obvious that it's been written in, in hindsight. And and basically the, 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 the script process from then was just, um, just candid interviews. He just interviewed us um, individually. We, you know, determined what the sort of key elements of the trip were and, and he just had a series of questions around that and then and then basically just chopped out our yeah our quotes and comments on on the real topics that really meant something to us and and the whole the whole driving factor always throughout the, the, the editing and making process is always for it to be as authentic as possible it was always that was like the mantra like this has to be authentic this has to be like how it was and what it meant and and you know no you know nothing else and I think that we really did that like again I watch it back I watched it last night prepping for this again and I'm just like you know this is exactly how it was like this yes that's something I think we're yeah really I was going of. to ask you about the directing credit because uh, he's obviously a master filmmaker really because it's really beautifully put together yeah I mean Andreas the um Andreas Geipel, who's the main editor and director, um, did an incredible job. Like, we were basically, you know, these two guys that had all this footage and had a story to tell, but we didn't know how to tell it. And we tried a couple of other, well, we tried another director and another editor, and it just wasn't working. And and basically, we came across Andreas because he shared a, a creative space with Chris um, the guy I travelled with, his brother in Berlin, and he just decided to take on the project and and just did such an incredible job. And I guess also because he comes from, you know, he's not a he's not a fly fisherman, he's not a surfer, he hasn't, you know, so so I guess yeah, just having that sort of outside objective person to work with, I think um, it was just you know it's exactly what we needed to to make it what it is today, and and the film it is is. Yeah, massive yeah. kudos to his skills and capabilities as a filmmaker. filmmaker. Um, so uh, obviously it has been shown about the place and, you know, even in my mind I'm thinking, what, has Red Bull picked it up or have other places picked it up? Because it's definitely the, the right sort of film for a lot of places. Yeah, so we've got a distributor in Australia um, who's sort of arranging all those uh, things, but I do believe Red Bull is looking at it um, we've just sort of finished the, the film festival circuit, um, which took about 12 months. We, we showed in, you know, some film festivals here in Australia, um, America, some in Europe. Um, so, yeah, I mean, again, sort of not having really high expectations and, and not even knowing anything about the film industry, to be honest, um, you know, doing a business degree um, and Chris doing a construction degree, like, we we have we you know we're, we're learning as we go and and it's it's been received really well um, and there seems to be some opportunities on the horizon maybe Stan is looking at picking it up and there's a few other 
sort of potential uh, opportunities. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. But um, you know, have, basically, we just want as many people to see it as possible, and um, hopefully inspire a few people to once COVID finishes. Um, maybe yeah set off on a long trip and do a bit of self-discovery just before you go when you came back are you now making a living making films or you know doing running a media company or something no we started a a brand of camera accessories so our brand is called goby and uh we yeah we we basically design and, and make products for photographers um and uh, we sort of start. I had it going a little bit while I was traveling, and that was sort of how I was able to sort of supplement the the long term travel thing. Um, it was very minimal um, whilst on the road, but then yeah, uh, when we got back, we decided to basically not return to normal jobs um, and try and grow a company. And, and today, yeah, we're based out of Byron Bay. We've got 16 staff. We sell in about 20 countries around the world. We plant five trees with every product we sell and we've just ticked over three million trees. So a lot of the the things, you know, this all really did come from this trip. It's sort of like the passion for nature. Now we've planted three million trees, our passion for photography. Now we have the photography brand. Um, you know, I'm meant to be getting married in a month to the girl I meet on the trip who's in the film. The guy I travel with is my business partner. So, yeah, I mean, it's everything that sort of, a lot of the things that I am and we are today really did stem from this from this trip and and I think that anyone who does a sort of similar big trip probably finds that the similar outcomes and, and slight changes in direction of their life for them as well.
You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.